You're listening to Different Things Can Be Sad. Welcome to Different Things Can Be Sad, where it's cool to care about Zimbabwe and Zoe Kravitz. I am Yasmin Lomax. And I am Micah Hahn. And we are your friendly hosts for episode nine of Different Things Can Be Sad. Yeah. Very exciting. It is November. Um, we are recording just just before American Thanksgiving, but that'll be over by the time we go live. So it happy Thanksgiving. Be over by the time we go live. And it is now Christmas. Uh, <laughs> just is. Pretty much. What have you been up to lately, Micah? What's been happening this month? Um... Right now, I'm two weeks until the end of class. <gasps> so soon. Right in the thick of finals. So if this Ugh. episode comes out later than you expected, dear listener, it's because I was writing papers. Um, oh, no. Yeah. It's a busy um, time for you. It is a busy time. But before I got into the state of midterms, I went to New York. Woo! Tell us all about that. Um, I just went for four days. I left Friday night, arrived at 6 a.m. on, or no, I left Thursday night and arrived 6 a.m. on Friday, which was fun, and then left Monday at like 8. Um, we ate a lot of food. We Always good. watched some movies, which we'll talk about. Um, it was a very chill New York experience. That's, I feel like once this is going to sound like moron can you have I know. a chill new york experience it's going to sound unless you're like upstate <laughs> yeah i know it's going to sound really privileged but once you go to new york a lot you like feel like you can do it in a chill manner like you know when you go on vacation to an awesome city and you're like i need to do everything and i have to see everything yeah but after being there for a long time i don't feel like that compulsion to like get stuff done yeah, you're not like, must run to Empire State Building at 901, mm-hmm. like, find the John Lennon Imagine mural at 903, like, yeah. it's a little bit more chill. Which is nice. And it was so yeah. nice that it was really sunny and beautiful, though it rained so much the first day I was there. Oh, no. But I, like, slept for a lot of that day because my boyfriend uh, yeah. had classes for five hours and nap time so fair enough yeah i like it i like it Mm. how was your month i believe this is the first time that i am reaching everyone's earbuds from ireland would that be no it's your second maybe is it my second yes maybe i don't know i I thought we recorded the october episode like right before i left maybe maybe Hey, listeners, you no, listen to the podcast. Let us know. Either way, I'm in Ireland, so woo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been having a little bit more of a chill time, obviously, now that I'm not in college anymore. Um, you know, I have been working my Christmas job, hanging out with the fam, um, getting to read a bit, so I'll talk about that, um, watch a bit, I'll talk about that. And last night I had a musical experience which i will talk about i feel like this this whole thing has just been like teasers for um the rest of the episode Mm -hmm. but essentially yes i've been able to enjoy all of my favorite things now that um i've been able to chill out a little bit more so yeah that's kind of all the 
the crazy news from this side of the pond. Oh, we can't really use that expression, can we? Why not? Well, I feel like it's a pond and then like a lot of land. And an, and an entire continent, yeah. Yeah, like Dublin Both to Vancouver ways. is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so do you want to tell us about what you have been reading this month, Mike? Was there anything you were dipping in and out of on the plane or? Um, I wish I was dipping out of things on the plane. I actually had to leave my book at home because oh, no. it was too big to carry onto the plane. And also I needed to do homework on the plane. So uh, what book was this? I, so I've been reading Lethal White, which is the new Robert Galbraith slash J.K. Rowling mystery novel. J.K. Yeah. Um, Who is um, a little bit... Uh, what will be the correct word? Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. I have written yeah. this in the notes in that like... I'm not yeah. a huge fan of everything she's done with Fantastic Beasts. I like really don't think she should have supported Johnny Depp. Anyways, not seeing Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, but her mystery novels are really good. Um, oh, really? I've never yeah, read them. I'm not a huge mystery fan, but they're like really enticing and interesting. Um, this is the fourth book, but they're about this veteran amputee turned uh private eye who like investigates mostly That's murders. An interesting combination yeah um and his like assistant slash partner um yeah who's this woman with this really awesome backstory or interesting backstory and like they're both really well-developed characters um they're just like they're really good and i like definitely read it way too quickly considering how much work i had to do but it was good for like <laughs> me um so that was awesome the self-care other- hashtag self-care so much self-care happening right now more than necessary <laughs> um, micah's like um currently wearing five face masks while she's talking to me yeah they're like, just layered on top soaked in some gel and there's cucumbers on her eyes and also like there's she's wearing a dressing gown and i can see queer eye playing in the background <laughs> and there's avocados no none of this um uh, the other thing i read or listened to which is a book an audiobook um it's everything i never told you which i actually started like the day after we recorded the last episode so it's actually been a while um listen to the whole thing in like less than a week it was so good it's about um a mixed asian american family in the 1970s in like a rural ohio town um not the best for people who weren't white at the time um and their daughter goes missing and it's this beautiful like beautifully written wonderful story and it like the characters are so good and you like hate them and you love them because they're just so complex and interesting um would highly recommend i think it like because it's by celeste ning Nyang. sorry i'm incapable of pronouncing names uh and she she's like really this made her really popular but her new book is also quite popular um would recommend awesome read and the audiobook was great yeah so. i have it on reserve at my library i've heard a lot of good things about it so yeah hopefully i will be getting around to it soon and we can talk about it again like we like to do what else yeah what we, have you been reading? we do get recommendations from each other i think i've read a couple of the ann patchett books that micah recommended and i've been uh, listening recently- to the murder book. 
Yes, that I'll be I'll be gone in the dark. And then I read the Hank Green book. So you know what? Even if you guys are not getting anything out of this, we sure are. are. So uh, what have I been reading this month? Well, I kind of had a book come out this month, which is a very strange sentence to say. But um, so I was working at a magazine group in Australia and myself and a team of the writers and photographers there put together um, the first annual food book. It is called Eat Drink and it documents lots of the restaurants and cafes and winery um, in our area, which is like Mornington Peninsula and Frankston. It's very, very well known for um, like kind of cafe culture and um, like winery being a winery area. So um yeah, that that exists. I was Super working on it exciting. for a few months and now it is an actual real life book. It is available for about uh, $29.99. Australian slash Canadian. Yes, yes. I think it's about the same for Canadian, but that is the Australian dollar price. Um, you can get it online. So we'll leave a link for that because shameless. Um, <laughs> but if you are listening to this and you live in the Mornington Peninsula slash Frankston slash Melbourne area. Um, you can go online and there's lots of stockists. So there's uh, supermarkets, news agents, um, the featured establishments have it and it is for sale in all of those. So yeah, that was one of my, one of my highlights of the month actually. Very cool. um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Micah. Um, in another cool book thing, I went to uh, the book launch in Dublin of Thanks Pennies, and that is an awesome little book which was written by Valerie Loftus, and I worked under her when I was interning um, at VIP and Stellar magazines in Dublin over the summer. Um, so she is the Stellar online editor, and now she's also the author of this fantastic book, which is about uh, pennies or Primark, as you probably know it if you're in the UK or the US and lots of European countries. Um, and that is, it's, is originally an Irish clothing store and it's mm-hmm. become a bit of an institution over here. It's uh, super cheap. It's become like super fashionable in recent years. And uh, basically one of our, one of our best love things is up there with potatoes for us. Um, so it's just like a fun, humorous little book and it will be amazing as a stocking filler. So if you're in Ireland, I would definitely recommend popping into bookstores. I know Eason's definitely so they're one of our big bookstore chains. Um, that's where we had the launch. So please get on that Kitty Winks because it is very, very funny and Valerie is super cool. Exciting book news. Yeah, like there's some personal book news. You know, um, maybe I'll be able to tell you like, you know, next month about my 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 best friend. Um Stephen King, he, he's coming out with a new one. <laughs> we're we're pretty we're pretty good pals. Mm-hmm. Um, Leanne Moriarty, we get along kind of well too, you know. Um, the huge. I hear my pal Suzanne Collins. She wrote a little thing called The Hunger Games. She's been sort of been hiding recent years, but I think I can coax her out. So, watch this space, kids. Watch this space. So what have you been watching this month, Micah? You mentioned there was some NY movie viewing. Mm-hmm. So we watched random movies, but the movie that we actually went to the theater to go and watch um, was The Front Runner. It's this new um, political journalism movie. If anyone knows me at all, they know that these are my favorite type of movies. I love That's political dramas. Jazz. I love journalism. Jazz. 
I love journal like I'm not I don't know I love journalism dramas um my favorite movie one of my favorite movies is Spotlight um so ah our Boston Bay yeah also just such a beautiful and wonderful movie anyways it's not a very important story that one it's a very important story um the front runner is a bit less dark um it's a the true story of Gary Hart who was running to be the Democratic nominee for president in 1987 and then he got caught up in a sex scandal and this was one of the first like times where the media really cared about the personalized of politicians like before that like everyone knows jfk slept around like it's just a fact but no one cared like it wasn't important to yeah jfk is like untouchable like yeah there's yeah there's a joke in the office where you know michael scott is like there's certain things you don't joke about you know abraham lincoln's assassination only just became funny there's no hope for jfk no one's no one's touching that at the moment yeah. like yeah so maybe well, if you get someone who's a little bit less revered um so this is one of the first times that the media was really interested in the personalized politicians so the movie kind of asks why like why now um mm. and it's a really good it does a really good job of not taking a side on like who's wrong and who's right, but also like an answer to their question, but they really give mm. all sides a really good shake and like they really do present them really well, all like in a narrative form. And so then you leave yeah. being like, I don't, I don't know what's right and what's wrong and I don't know how I feel and I don't like totally know if we're bad for caring that politicians sleep around. Um, and the other thing that's really great about it is that obviously there are women in this movie. There's the woman who he has the affair with. There's a woman on his campaign. And then obviously there's his wife. And they're portrayed so well. Like they're not reduced to just like the their relationships to these men. But yeah. they're also like, like the fact that that's why they're in this story is shown and important. Because like, it's sexist that the only reason why they're in this story is that they're related to this man. Um, and yeah. I like to be like, it's poignant and about that. Um, so loved it. Real good. Would recommend. Hugh Jackman is great in it. Um, just an all around. Actually, you know who, guy. you know what? Hugh Jackman might buy my book. He lives in my local area in Australia. Just a fun fact. So I, I know for a fact that the book is, on sale in the supermarket that he goes to so he's gonna do it just think about that guys the gary hart slash hugh jackman will be reading my book so i'm saying it now it's definitely happening oh yeah Uh, (laughs) um well that sounds cool i will definitely have to add that to my watch list um i've actually been watching kind of a lot this month i've binged two netflix series um so the second season of Making a Murderer, um, mm-hmm. as soon as that came out, I was I was onto that. So um, you probably all know the story of Making a Murderer. So Stephen Avery was wrongly convicted of sexual assault. He spent many years in jail. And then he was finally freed when DNA testing was improved. Um, so he tried to sue the county for falsely imprisoning him. Um, but he was then convicted of the rape and murder of Teresa Halbuck, along with his nephew, Brendan Dassey, as in Brendan Dassey was also convicted not he was a victim mm-hmm. that really worded on my behalf um so yeah so the first season raises lots of 
questions about whether they actually did do it um, due to some things like, you know, seemingly planted evidence, some allegedly forced confessions, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this season is very different because obviously now like Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey are well-known names. We know what they've been convicted for and we can follow updates online or even on mainstream news because, you know, this isn't a niche interest anymore. Everyone knows about them. Um, So in a way, this season was less um, entertaining, I guess, because it, you know, it wasn't revealing new things. But again, it it pointed that out, um, that a documentary like this shouldn't be viewed as entertaining. And that's, you know, something Netflix was criticized for um, because at the end of the day, this woman was murdered and Mm. the show should be viewed through a different lens than simply entertainment. So, you know, like looking at it kind of like you were saying with front runner as um, raising questions. So asking, you know, can the justice system fail people? Not just like Avery and Brendan, uh, Avery and Dassey, but like Holbuck as well. You know, if, if they didn't do it, she's been failed as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And also what it did really good was that it focused on like the defense lawyers a lot and like their processes. So there was Kathleen Zellner and Lauren Ryder, which again, I love because they were like badass women. Um, They were (laughs) very different and they had very different approaches to it. But like, I really, really admire their commitment. They were very, um, they were very determined, determined ladies. And Mm -hmm. I just thought they were, they were very admirable in those efforts. So have you watched the first season of Making a Murder? I actually watched the first two episodes and then we abandoned it. Yeah, you need to get deep into it. I know a lot lot of people who've said they started it and we're kind of like, no, once you get in, you're good, but it is, it's a slow burn. Um, Yeah. It's definitely. Um, Yeah, something I didn't think was a slow burn though was the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which just came out. Um, And I watched that too. So I was obsessed with the late 90s, early 2000s Sabrina the Teenage Witch series Mm -hmm. with Melissa Joan Hart. Did you love that as well? I never watched it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Don't quote me on this, but I don't think it was on Canadian television. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was like crazy into it. I like read all they had like you know book spinoffs of it and things. Mm -hmm. I'd like seen all the episode. Um, I convinced my parents to make my sister's legal middle name Sabrina, so like her legit birth certificate. Her middle name is Sabrina. Cute. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has that cross to bear. Um, I think she was probably a little bit embarrassed by that, but now Sabrina's cool again. So um, there you go. And yeah, this this series is nothing like the the other one. It is um, not light and airy, and the cat doesn't talk. Um, and yeah, and to be honest, like I'm not even sure it's something I enjoyed. Like it's really <laughs> not my vibe. It was lots of like blood and guts and horror, and I don't mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I still felt compelled to watch it, even though it made me very, very uncomfortable. It was just like, yeah, it took me to some dark points, but some of the stuff, like, you know, just some of the themes they raised were really, really something else. Um, There was really great representation in it. And Kiernan Shipko, who plays Sabrina, seems very cool. I want to be her friend. Um, So I might just, I'll send her an email and ask what she's, (laughs) what she's up to. Um, Well, We'll see. Um, yeah, love that. Have you been Have you been listening to anything that you can recommend to our our listeners, Micah? Yeah. So I thought because for the Northern Hemisphere it's finals right now, I'd recommend some study tunes. 
Ooh, that is valuable. That much new, and I thought this could be helpful. Turns out, all of my study teams are Canadian. (laughs) Don't know how that. You gotta, you gotta support the locals. You gotta do it. Um, when I look for study music, I like something that, like, I don't mind lyrics. Um, I want something that's upbeat enough that it like keeps me awake and doing what I'm doing, but not like so upbeat that it's distracting so like really really like top 40 pop can't do it because it's like too distracting yeah but I like, by the ocean it's just too much of a rave too much want to dance yeah. too much um so one group is tops they're like a they're poppy alt um girl band so awesome uh they keep you really like engaged but it's not too distracting really yeah. want to see them live they're like great they have multiple albums. Tops, okay. You can go through all Listen of that. Listen them up um, on Spotify, ATM. <laughs> yeah. Um, then there's Home Shake, who also does, like, alternative poppy stuff. He was the bassist for Mac DeMarco, also Canadian. Um, oh. Is he? Yeah. He's from Vancouver Island, that. actually. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. He probably camps a lot. So Home That's Shake. Like the one thing about yeah. Vancouver Island, like camping. Camping. Uh, um, Home Shake is from Montreal, actually. Um, and he does, he's like really into the music part. So the music is really interesting. Um, yeah. And I saw him live in this, the coolest venue in Brooklyn. Um, it was like oh, shut a triangle shaped building and with a window in like the corner. And then you could see the JZ, which is one of the subway lines, um, like going past it because it's above ground. So every once in a while, the subway would just go past behind the band. Super cool. That is pretty cool. So it's what the was it called? Home Shake? No, the venue. The venue? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's closed now. Like they had to shut down because I don't think the building was up to fire code. Wait, was this recently? This was when I was in Boston. It wasn't House of Vans, was it? That's closed recently. I don't think so. Okay. Um, whatever it was. So it's really good music live, but it's also like great study music. The other one, less poppy or less like synthy, um, more folky is Lee Follenbeck, who's Quebecois as well. Very French. Um, he does, I saw him at the Vancouver Folk Festival and then I saw him again like almost a year ago um, here in Vancouver. And he's really good live. He has synesthesia. So he like sees color when he listens to music. So he's like, yeah. What? What is Lord? Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Is that like a medical condition with like bad side effects or is it just a purely no, good No, it's thing? just like you see things like color. So some synesthetes can like, like certain letters are different colors but like they just he and lord just see color well actually you know what i had a guy in um my year 12 like literature class who was saying that yeah he had like numbers as colors or something Mm -hmm. um i was like dude i get orange and green mixed up all the time so i'm on like i'm so far from synesthesia (laughs) that i can't even get like basic colors together Um, um, be super cool because like different songs have different color sim, and he like writes music so that they like make a certain color, and so the music's really cool and interesting. Also, that is mad. I love it. I know. So all three really good. If you're into like 
good music that isn't lyricless, but also not too distracting when you don't want yeah, it. Yeah, no, I like that. I like, um, I need to listen to music while I'm writing. Like, I can't listen to music in silence. Even when mm-hmm. I'm doing, sorry, listen to music in silence. I can't <laughs> write in silence. Um, I, I can't do synesthesia and I can't listen to music in silence. What am I? Uh, <laughs> no, I can't write in silence. I like having something. So I either have to have like, very very well like well-worn faves that like mm-hmm. i can have kind of in the background but they're not like fully registering with me or the kind of stuff you talked about so i'm definitely gonna add that um to my list um in things i've been listening to and speaking of well-worn faves um if anyone follows me on instagram you've definitely been bombarded mm-hmm. with me going to see interpol they are one of my very favorite bands um i did get a lot of who are they's from people so if you don't know they're sort of like one of the figures of the early 2000s rock revival in new york so i always say you know kind of like the strokes but a lot more left of field um Mm -hmm. same same kind of scene um yeah so i went to see them they're playing three shows in dublin i went to the second two and I went to uh, the drummer Sam Fogarino's uh, DJ set during the day of the last show. And I got to meet him and he signed my copy of their latest album, Marauder. And it was a very cool day. Um, so, the, yeah, the, the, the shows are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The first one I went to by myself and I've never been to a gig alone. And I'm a big proponent of doing things alone. Like most mm-hmm. things I would have no problem with doing alone. Like I've gone on holidays alone but for some reason i'd never been to like a concert alone yeah um and i took that off so have you have you been to one alone before? i haven't one of my best friends is like really into it and she does it all the time she's like you should just do it but i don't know i like like i think the concert itself alone would be like fine and normal because you're like basically yeah just listening to the music but like the in between time like between sets yes that's yeah what worries yeah me. That's the only bit where you're kind of like, oh my God, are people looking at me like I have to be on my phone? Because I, I for one, know that especially when you're in standing, and I wasn't, for the matter I was by myself, I was seated, but like I've been to standing shows with my friends and I've ended up getting separated from them or mm-hmm. they've had to like stand behind me and they might as well have not been there. So, um, you know, so I definitely recommend it. It was like that. It was, it was better than I thought it would be. And I rather have gone and enjoyed it than and like gone by myself mm-hmm. um than not gone at all um because they actually played quite a different set list between nights um so like i know a lot of bands do like very very similar sets like all the yeah. time if you look up like on setlist fm um they're pretty like they're pretty samey they might change like one song depending on the city but mm-hmm. this one was like pretty markedly different like I would say maybe a third of the songs changed so I was super glad that I went to the two nights because I would have missed out on a lot of my favorites had I only gone to one of them and not the other um but if you do have the opportunity to see them and I know for people in Australia they are playing in Melbourne and Sydney maybe somewhere else in January and a festival circuit as well um they're just fantastic they come out in their suits they're like absolutely professionals um, yes, they do wear suits everywhere. Um, and yeah. And then what, like, you know, what you hear on the record is what you get live. It is mm-hmm. like, there's no messing around with the songs. Um, and they like deliver as a live band. So yeah, I, 
I'm a very, very happy, happy gal. Um, as we're recording this, I am putting the final touches on my first ever gig review. I've never written one before. Um, and I'm going to put it on my blog and we will leave you the link for it if you'd like to read. This month on the podcast for politics, I thought we'd jump on the bad wagon a little bit um, because yep. we're excited about it. You're excited about it. Everyone's excited about it. And talk about <clears throat> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, one, because she's a badass. Um, she is. She is the definition. She's real life Leslie Nope. Yeah, she's awesome. Two, um, I read a very uh, interesting Atlantic article about her and I inspired me to do this. Also, um, if you recall back to our first ever episode, um, we talked about women entering politics and how, mm. um, especially in the States, there's been this surge of women entering politics. And I was like, wait until the midterms and you'll see what happens. And then like, y'all saw, <laughs> you saw how many amazing women entered politics, mostly Democrat women. I th- there's over a hundred of them which is pretty damn awesome. Um, so cool. Yeah. And I thought maybe, like, she's in the news a lot, but I thought maybe I could shed some light on the more, like, politicky stuff that isn't being reported on. So we'll see. Maybe you won't learn anything new, and you'll just be, like, happy and good and happy that she's a badass, which is awesome. Well, fun. you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll embellish with our own, I mean, commentary. Facts, but, like, yes. Yeah, it'll, have be, our- it'll be more interesting. You are going to enjoy it, okay? So sit tight. <laughs> okay. So she grew up in the Bronx, um, and she's very much from a working-class family. Uh, she's Puerto Rican. And she won. there's been so much controversy about her because for some reason Republicans hate her. We'll get to that. Um, but one of the controversies is she didn't go to high school in the Bronx. She went to high school upstate. Not upstate, like 40 minutes outside of New York, which to some New Yorkers is upstate. Geography fight we don't need to get into. Um, But she had this wonderful opportunity because her mom worked her butt off to go to a really good high school. And so then she went to Boston Uni, which fun connection we have to her as we lived on the Boston Uni campus. We literally lived on that street. Like, we are basically her best friend. Yeah, We can talk to her about Commonwealth Avenue, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And one cool thing she did while um, in university there is she worked for the late Ted Kennedy on, in his office, but she worked specifically on his immigration and international relations stuff, because that's what she majored in. Um, And then when she graduated, she kind of she went back to New York. Her family hit kind of a hard time with the financial crisis and her dad dying. And so she worked um, at a bar and at different restaurants, but also um, did a bunch of advocacy when she could. Um, she worked in education for young adults. Super cool. Um, and she worked on some political things too. And for, if for some reason you didn't know why she's awesome and why you're talking about her, is that um, earlier this year in the summer, she beat the Democrat who had been in politics for longer than she had been alive and had been the Democrat representing um, her district for years. NY14. Yeah. yeah. And he, um, she beat him 14, with 14 points, which is insane. Um, yeah. And it was 
amazing and awesome. And because that's like one of the most solid Democrat writings in America, she like essentially automatically won um, the election. And then she won with like 79% of the vote in um, like November, just a couple weeks ago. And now she is on the Hill uh, doing orientation and many things have happened. Um, one thing I thought maybe I could shed a bit of light on is her politics. So she mm-hmm. calls herself a democratic socialist, which is a big and scary word in America. Um, not a fan of socialism there, even though a lot of the policies she advocates for, which we'll get into, are like incredibly normal in the rest mm. of the world. Like they're just a given in like the rest of the West. I'm doing brackets over that because bunny ears i call them bunny ears micah makes fun of me for calling them bunny ears but that's what she's doing (laughs) um those things that joey didn't know how to use in friends she's doing those those um she's definitely very much to the left of the democratic party and this is one thing that's really interesting right now is that a bunch of people who were elected along with her are very much more progressive than the establishment Democrats. And so now, given how much support they have and how much excitement there is about them, especially about her, she's, they're actually pressuring the Democrats to make a decision about where they want to go, especially for 2020, when they need to win. Um, and they like are kind of still a bit lost as a party, which is kind of scary. But one person that you wouldn't really know who's associated with her is Bernie Sanders. He also calls himself a democratic socialist or a socialist democrat, both works both ways. Um, and she actually worked on his primary campaign um, and they are like close, though she said she doesn't endorse him for 2020, which makes sense because he is old. He was old in 28 or 2016 and he is old he'll be even older in 2020 <laughs> as age works that is how time works yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah they're quite tied together so what is democratic socialism essentially in like the most layman's terms it's the idea that the government that is democratically elected by the people should be in charge and should influence the economy and social services. Um, This is very much like a no-go right now. 30 years ago, America was much more in this kind of vein of politics. The government was much more willing to step in and help people. They were much more willing to um, like get people jobs and have services for people. And then in the kind of Reagan-Thatcher era, um, they're very much associated with each other because they kind of changed their countries at the same time. They adopted this policy called neoliberalism, um, which is right now a big scary word in left-wing circles because it is like kind of scary depending on your like opinions. But basically the idea of neoliberalism is that the government should be the least involved as possible in the lives of the people and in the economy. It's not like as extreme as libertarianism, but it is this idea that the government shouldn't be owning things, essentially. So a big sign- Kind of Ron Swanson-esque, but like I can see how it would have lots and lots of negatives as well. Yeah, 
Um, like when people need things. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so it like manifests in different ways in the UK. One of the big ones was that they sold off the railway, or at least in Britain itself. Um, so there used to be a national railway service. And it's not privatized. Um, in the US, there are things like their private jails. Um, but this can go as extreme of like selling off water. Um, in BC, where I live, they sold the ferry company, um, which is the only way to get to certain parts of the province is through a ferry that used to be provincial and is now privatized. Um, but basically, the argument against it and where democratic socialists are coming from is that these are essential services that people need. And when yeah. you put them in the hands of private companies, their goal is to make profit and not to help people. But the points of these services should be to help people. And they're not incentivized to do that with their own by people who are responsible to their shareholders and not the people. Um, yeah. And that's like scary. Um, it is. And like in the worst case scenarios, it like manifests in privatizing healthcare, which is what you see in the States. Um mm. The, actually, the worst worst is privatizing water, which you have also seen in some cases. But yeah, that's where right now it's kind of the global norm to be neoliberal in at least some capacity. Um, and so that's why Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders are like so out of left field because it's like an entrenched understanding in America and yeah. not exactly popular among politicians even though clearly they have a huge amount of support from the people um but the establishment democrats and republicans like are just not going for it currently so okay yeah there's some politics um some more politics is kind of (laughs) yasmin did a fun like dance to politics yeah you know um that picture of the two like water fountain tap things and it's like water and then water written in kind of like a wiggly yeah. font and then it's like do you say that in a different voice and like that voice is like water and this is politics mm-hmm. and that's my politics dance so it's a good dance politics which is micah's and politics which is mine so i'm gonna stop doing my politics dance <laughs> now. um so uh before we move on to controversy i thought we'd talk a little bit about what she supports because that is super important. Um, obviously, yeah. the one thing that she's really known for is that she supports universal health care, which is, like, still controversial in the U.S. and, like, normal in, like, yeah the West. Other places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, even if you recall back when we talked about Australia and we talked about how conservative they are. They have mm. some form of universal health care. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can have private health care if you want, but you also cannot, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and like, because Canada is so close to the US, we talk about how we have universal health care, which we do, except it doesn't cover dentistry or prescriptions. And actually, very quick side note a study came out yesterday mm-hmm. that 700,000 Canadians um, take out loans to pay for prescription medication they need to survive oh my gosh that's horrible yeah um so that's real bad universal health care well just like getting it so that you don't have to go in debt when you get into a motorcycle accident um mm-hmm. is what they're fighting for in the u.s uh mm. 
but like it's more extensive than that in other places uh too they still need stuff anyways that was my shout out to get canadian politicians to give us free prescriptions please one day we have um the other thing that she is supports um she thinks that housing is a right so this doesn't mean necessarily yeah. like building houses for everyone but it means uh having tax incentives um to buy to buy your own house but also tax cuts for people who need to buy their own house but also housing for the population so she comes from new york so homelessness is a big problem there and she wants yep. to like, have permanent homes for homeless people um as a person who studied international relations in university, she has like a big, like she has lots of opinions on it and she thinks that the US should withdraw militarily abroad, which is interesting. Um, probably makes sense uh, given her education. Um, she also yeah, believes in a federal jobs guarantee, which is basically that the government guarantees you a job of $15 an hour minimum wage. Um, with full health care, child, and sick leave. This is, like, awesome and amazing and very democratic socialist of her. Not going to happen. Yeah. Like, mm. it's just some, like, I can never see that happening in this current political climate, but, like, really shows so, where her um, voice is. Yeah, and I, I know she has spoken out and said that everyone who she employs gets like a $15 an mm-hmm. hour, like minimum wage. So, you know, if, even if we can just see people being inspired by that call and by her oh, own, yeah. like following her, you know, like talking the talk or and walking the walk or oh, yeah. whatever that expression is, I think that's, that's a really positive change. And um, there's actually an article that I have linked to um, and um, it is from Bob, Petite, it's one of my favorite ones of the year. Um, so she kind of, Michael was saying before, um, has like worked a lot in the food industry. Uh, this article was saying she's working at a taqueria up until like, or like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot of her campaign was ran out of here. And I think um, it is, it does a really good job from a journalistic point of view of making um, like, you know, the whole midterm story, as we've talked about, it is such like a bandwagon at the moment. Yeah. And they've kind of like, been able to work the angle of Bon Appetit, which is food, and tie that into not just a profile of Ocasio-Cortez, but her policies. So this one about, um, you know, the $15 an hour, that's so closely tied to the food industry because, Mm -hmm. you know, with the tipping culture, for instance, that's where people don't get a good minimum wage because the onus is placed on the customers to make up that difference. Um, Micah will talk a little bit about ice and that's another big thing in the food industry. So if you do get a chance to read that, I think that will be a really um, interesting is definitely the word. It's going to be like a refreshing take on her and her policies. Yeah. Um, what's So what's interesting about the federal job guarantee that she proposes, it's not just that like it forces businesses to give you a $15 minimum wage. It like the government creates jobs so anyone who mm. wants a job will have a job which is really ambitious um that that's a, yeah i think what people really really like about her is that she states what she wants and what she believes in and she like isn't changing her messaging because she thinks that like people won't give it to her like i think yeah but she's not like unrealistic like she realizes that like the demo most of the democrats do not support a lot of her positions um but she's refused to like compromise 
in what she wants to fight for, which I love. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, so other things she supports, which are controversial, are the abolishment of ICE, which is mm-hmm. the part of Homeland Security that deports people who are um, undocumented. Um, mm-hmm. She also is obviously, because she's a millennial, um, pro fighting climate change. So she wants to transition the U.S. to renewable energy, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and she's been involved in that already on the Hill. Um, we mm-hmm. actually yeah, she was at a protest last week. Yeah, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio shared it on his Instagram. As we know, Leonardo DiCaprio is a very big fan of the environment. He I is. love those pictures where it has like of him in, like on the beach and like or like he's in the water and people have captioned it like but the polar bear is like you know everything mm-hmm. for Leo is about the environment. I think his social media exists just to promote the environment. I think he's like written a book about Antarctica. So Leo was all over. He, uh, I think he might have, yeah. He's won his Oscar like, and now he's moving on to the next thing. Saving the planet. Leo is like he is all about the environment. That's like his like as I said, I think his social media exists just for that purpose. So go Leo. But yeah, he, mm-hmm. he shared that. Um, the last thing that she supports, which I think is awesome, is free tuition at public colleges and universities. We'll yes. link her um, campaign website, um, but in on it, she talks about how um, back in the day, uh, college tuition cost $236 a year. Um, what? Not adjusted for inflation, but still, like, yeah. adjusted for inflation. Gee. It's not $45,000 a yes. year. Yeah. Um, I've, there was a New York Times article this morning about how it used to be that you could work an entire summer and pay for college tuition. Turns out now it costs 991 hours of work to just pay tuition. Jeez. Yeah. That's more than a summer, I think, right? It's very much more than a summer. <laughs> just working on my math, but I think that's more than a summer. Uh- <laughs> um, so yeah, that's her and her policies. Um so she's this young, progressive woman trailblazing through the Democratic Party and American politics, and people hate her. Like, they're awful, and there's been a couple of controversies about her. The first one that came up was that turns out she can't afford to live in Washington, D.C. until her salary kicks in. So the uh, yeah, a congresswoman, that. man, either of them, make a uh, hundred... And $70,000 a year, which is a huge amount of money. Um, uh, And rent in Washington, D.C. is on average $2,000 a month, um, which is insane. Mm. Uh, Yeah. So that's kind of like controversial because people have been saying, oh my God, she's such a millennial. Like none of us can afford houses. And Mm -hmm. then other people have been like, "Uh, no, there's rich millennials. Like this is because she comes from like, a working class family. Like, I mean, obviously this generation has been disadvantaged by like policies of the past, but like Mm -hmm. there's, there's other factors at play that I think we need to, we need to talk about. Yeah. There are millennial ish, like the youngest Kennedy is in Congress and he started out quite young and he clearly could very much afford to live in Washington. Um, Yeah. Controversy has been one, people think she's just doing it as a political stunt, but also it's about the idea of, 
who gets to represent the people. Like, if the only people who get to represent the people are those with money yeah. and who can afford to live in Washington, then they yeah. can't problem. Like, you're not actually being representative. The other money exactly. thing that about, um, was that people have been looking into our bank statements, which is, like, she's not committing tax evasion, but they're, like, really obsessed with the fact that she has $7,000 in a savings account, um, which is not a lot like, of money. Not a lot of money. Yeah, no, sorry. Like, the average congressman, the I'm average sure that is a lot of money five for times as much. Yeah, no, I'm sure that is a lot of money for oh, some yeah. people. But, like, like, that's... <laughs> If some, yeah, especially in the U.S. when we were talking about the whole healthcare issue, if yeah. something went wrong, what you'd be in hospital for like a day on that money. So, well, uh-huh. so the CNBC financial, whatever part of their newspaper, uh, did a little thing about how much someone her age should have in savings so that they can yeah. withstand like a shock like that, and it's between nine thousand and thirty-three thousand dollars you should have in liquid cash. In case something were to happen. She's well below that. So if you yeah. want to get onto the seven grand, get a life. Yeah. Um, and like it's amazing. Not that we're laughing at her for being well below that. That sounded like, <laughs> um, yeah. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Just leave her she, alone um, and that's her private business. The one thing you can't fault her is like she's not a richie rich uh, that some Republicans are saying. I think they're trying to catch her out on a lie, which is very related to the clothing stuff that's happened. Um, yeah, the, the clothing thing, stuff is ridiculous. The clothing stuff is absolutely, like, sexist and horrible. And the Atlantic article yeah. I'd mentioned before talks about that and how it's kind of symptomatic of how she's being treated in general. But the first clothing thing that happened was she was in a new uh, magazine photo shoot and her entire outfit cost $3,000. And someone was like, she can't be poor. Like, look what she's wearing. And then- Do you know how magazines work? That's not her clothes. Yeah. Like, that's- um, <laughs> okay. And the other one is that um, this Republican took a creep shot of her across the hill in Congress. Oh, this is Hill Stafford just sent me this photo, and let me tell you, that jacket and coat doesn't look like a girl who struggled. Yeah, um, basically she was harassed for not looking like a poor person. Uh, and it's become such a meme now. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, and the guy tried to like he had some like really crappy explanation for it like he was like when i was an intern i couldn't afford to look like that something like that and he was like my intention wasn't what you guys think it was and i'm like bull crap it totally was stop trying Mm -hmm. to lie to me well because she's been saying she's been really active on social media which has been really cool and she's been saying that she's been mistaken for an intern and an assistant quite a bit yeah very young which is weird because like everyone knows who she is and how can you and then there was guys being like um no i've asked people and there wasn't and like a spouse meeting that day so you're lying about saying that someone directed you to a spouse meeting and she's like no i'm not like i can show you that this existed (laughs) like stop like people are just desperate that they'll like lie to discredit her which just discredits yourself mm-hmm. um yeah and ridiculous so i think the main point because all those controversies are ridiculous and awful and you can be changed around about it and we'll link stuff to it but what i think is so absolutely ridiculous about this is that her positions are like they're out there for america and there's so much you can like fight her on about her positions if you wanted to i personally agree with like essentially everything she like stands for 
But a lot of people, especially those people um, in Congress, like, can very much oppose her on very, like, solid ground and say, like, this is ridiculous and how can you tax people and yada yada. Like, there's, there's political ways to discredit her, but they're not doing it. And you have to kind of wonder why. Like, yeah, it's like I, she's doing this really cool stuff on social media where she's, like, making, like, um, a meal. I think it's, like, on, like, I don't know, one night of the week. She does goes on Instagram Live and she makes, like, mac and cheese and talks about politics. And, like, people have been watching it just to, like, wait for her to slip up by, like, confusing a word, like, branches of government and, like, branches of Congress. And, like, um, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And you're, like, she slipped up. She obviously, Like, if she's doing this job, she knows what she's talking about mm-hmm. more so than I'm sure a lot of people. So, um, let's just, like, yeah, pick, pick better things. I know. I, like, I wonder, I think half of it is just, like, sexism and ageism and she's mm-hmm. young and that. But I think the other thing, I think there might be something comforting about it, only in the fact that she's clearly threatening. Like, people are yeah. worried because no one would be going after anyone that viciously if they hadn't, if they weren't threatened by them. Like, Hillary Clinton got smashed to pieces by the Republican media and the right wing media because she was a threat. Like, she was winning the entire time. Um, mm. And she still won the popular vote. Still bitter. Um, but it's the same thing. Like, she clearly is capturing the attention of a lot of people in a good way and she's really has like this huge amount of support not just in her like relatively small in comparison to the u.s district but like in the entire country and she's probably one of the best known congress people in this current moment um, i think so and like on that um you know the social media talk we what we were saying kind of like well we're we're pretty much her in that we're trying to talk to people about politics, but she is making politics accessible mm-hmm. to people who have not been previously interested in it, especially maybe like young women who have felt shut out or that it was like too late to be interested or like that they couldn't participate in conversations because they'd be laughed out of it. And she's like, no, let's make mac and cheese and talk about it. So mm-hmm. like, come on, that's, that's got to count for something. She is awesome and she doesn't deserve this flack, but maybe there's a silver lining there, which I think there is. Um, and I'm like so freaking excited to see what she does. I'm kind of worried in a, just the littlest bit and that she's like a junior congresswoman and like doesn't have that much power. Um, she's going to make power for herself. Like she's such of a following and a voice, but like, she's inevitably going to be disappointing given the nature of it, and people are going to use that against her too, and that's unfortunate. Like, she's not going to abolish ICE next in January herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know what? I think we're she's pretty excited about it. Things. Yeah, we're 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 pretty excited. Um, yeah, and. Um, if, if she would only just answer my DMs about, you know, catching up for a pizza night, that would be great. But mm-hmm. until that happens, um, you know, maybe she'll be on the show one day. Maybe she'll eventually answer me. We'll be eating pizza together. God. Recording okay. the show. That would be fun. I wonder what kind of pizza topping she likes. Apparently, she doesn't like um, guac with her tacos. And I was like, weird. Girl, what? I just want to bathe in a bath of guac. So, um, we could talk to her about the pineapple on pizza debate. 
Yeah. And other more important things. Mm-hmm. One day, one day, Micah. <laughs> So for the pop culture segment this month, we are going to be talking about Goop's annual gift guide. Ooh, Ooh. Goopy. So for starters, what is Goop? Are you up on on Goop, Micah? Um, I know they promote things that aren't science and that hurt women. Uh, Other than that, Gwyneth Paltrow. That's about it. Essentially, you know what? That's pretty well rounded. So basically, Goop is a company that is owned by actress Gwyneth Paltrow, and it began as a weekly email newsletter back in 2008 and soon evolved into a lifestyle website and then expanded into e commerce. So, collaborating with brands, launching pop up stores, a print magazine, they held a wellness summit. Um, and I guess the term wellness summit probably sums up their kind of vibe in that. It's very um, hippy dippy. Is probably I don't know. Is that harsh? I don't know. But basically, the lifestyle brand is often mocked um, and criticized for promoting and selling products and treatments that have no scientific basis and have sometimes been shown to be kind of harmful. So you might remember a little while ago when Goop recommended women pop a crystal egg up there downstairs area and then that recharge one, it under the full moon that one isn't dangerous that one you know you're wasting your money strange yeah well i don't know like i'm you know what i don't is it dangerous like it's it's not something i would be messing yeah. around with i wouldn't I do it because Gwyneth paltrow told me to do it because i just don't trust her yeah and a lot of scientists were like hey maybe let's not but let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's been criticized for recommending products that are just like so out of the price point for regular people and just so unnecessary for regular mm-hmm. people. So all of that is kind of encompassed in the gift guides that we get every year. So there's a new set annually and there's different categories for different people. So, you know, what to buy for under 18s or people who like traveling or people who like cooking. So we thought we would um, dip into a few of the different gift guides um, to let y'all know what Gwyneth thinks mm-hmm. you should be buying your friends and family, or maybe people you don't like very much, um, <laughs> this Christmas. So first up, I thought we would talk about the guy's gift guide because mm-hmm. I find guys super hard to buy for and that they don't seem to have default, like good default gifts. Now I don't want to get into like gendered gifts or like, you know, certain things only girls can have and certain things only guys can have. I'm just saying that most women I know will be very, very, very happy with a candle. Like it's not really viewed as just a crappy, no thought present, even though it might actually be like it's something that people will genuinely be excited about mm-hmm. um or you know you could get like perfume or flowers or there's lots of like really nice things that a lot of the women in my life would really enjoy and yeah. i don't think it would be hard for a guy to pick it out whereas to buy for guys it seems like so many of the guys that i know are really into either like tech gamey kind of things mm-hmm. or sports and like 
all those things are so expensive because obviously yeah. the sports stuff is like branded. There's no like, I guess like knockoff version of a sports like jumper mm-hmm. or jersey and games and all gadgets are like ridiculous. So I was like, I wonder what Gwyneth is going to suggest. Um, and some of them are actually okay. You know, they're like something that I think a guy might actually like and are kind of affordable. So there is the Thinking Man's Guide to Life that's for 20 bucks. Um, there's a set of three Bushwick kitchen sauces for $35. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a TV 12 meal subscription for $78 a week. Um, and the caption is no strawberries in sight. So I personally think that one's really good. I mean, I'm not sure who has $78 a week to spend on their significant other or yeah, it's a lot. boy, child, or uncle, or dad, but TB12, woo. Um, <laughs> others, others are even more extortionate and just strange. So there's um, a numerology reading for $200. Um, there is a <laughs> Tennessee factory tour in France. Um there are these weird like Aquaman gloves that I assume are for swimming and they're like $30, but honestly, they're just kind of scary. And are they odd. the ones that like um, make your hands fins? Yeah. Yeah. They're you know, actually like, super useful. If I'm sure they are. They're just scary. Like they're yeah. the ones that they have kind of look like black latex and I'm like, Ooh, like I mm-hmm. kind of, um, Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 3 when he wore that like weird black evil Spider-Man suit mm-hmm. vibes and um, that was a scarring experience for everyone so mm-hmm. yeah um, are any of those going to be on your Christmas list for your boyfriend or your dad or anyone Micah? I don't, I don't think so they're all kind of no yeah I mean if someone could get me to France I'd go on the Hennessy tour but that would be fun. There's the, the added that, that, yeah. you need to go to France, which is a bit pricey. You do, yeah. Especially for just, the just, just a little bit. Um, I'm a little bit closer to France. Yeah, I could get a Ryanair flight over. Yeah. Yeah, you could get there for like 100 bucks, whereas I'm looking at yeah. thousands. So Upwards of that, yeah. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe not. No. That's cool. So I thought we would then move on to the lover's gift guide. Um, there's a lover's is, gift guide? There's the lover's gift card guide. It. So, yeah, it's actually not as weirdly sexy that I, I thought it would be. I thought it would be, like, tons of weird, like, mm-hmm. odd things like that. But um, there, there there was some. There was, like, a book of nudes. Um, I don't know weird. if that's something that people exchange to each other. Like, um, of your own nudes or, like, artfully done nudes? Oh, I think like, <laughs> I think artfully done. Like, I think you, like a coffee table book. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Imagine if there was like a service where you would just like send them. Send to your nudes. Send us your nudes. Okay. That sounds like an internet predator. Like that's definitely an internet predator. <laughs> There's no way that's a legit service. When it's Paltrow. Just a, a PSA <laughs> to everyone. Yeah. If, if you ever see an advertisement for send us your nudes and we'll make it into a book for your boyfriend. Don't do that. Don't, don't, do, don't, it. don't do that. Don't do that. No. <laughs> um, there was also a, a $17,200 trip to Australia. Um, so that's that a lot. Was a lot. Um, I, I, I don't think it costs that much. That's I don't think it costs that much money. Either. 
I, I don't think that is the case. So um, I'm not really, I think you got to like do a bunch of things, but I I'm not even sure if I spent $17,000 my whole like 10 years of living in Australia. <laughs> like, I don't know how, how a trip costs that much, but um, yeah, that, that one was odd. So um, is John going to be getting a $17,000 trip to Australia, Micah? No, unfortunately not. No, I mean, not he could story. get me one. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Um, he could, yeah. 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 Not in the budget, though. We don't make that much money on so this podcast. One day. No, no. <laughs> but if you do click the advertising link in our bio, um, beside the one that's for sending nudes to predators, <laughs> and we, we don't have either of those things. Uh, <laughs> We shouldn't joke about nudes to predators. That's bad. Um, anyway, finally, moving on to the ridiculous but awesome gift guide. And I like this one because it shows a bit of self-awareness with mm-hmm. the subheading. Be honest. This is why you're here in the first place. So I think Goop knows it's being ridiculous. But then I'm a little bit confused because if they're labeling this one as ridiculous, what was the $17,000 trip to Australia and the $200 numerology reading? Like, were they Affordable. Just, like, rational purchases? <laughs> yeah, that no one was going to laugh at. Odd. Um, no, these, one, these ones are next level. So, mm-hmm. for instance, there's a trip to London for a private photo session with Miss Amelia of Saatchi Art, and that is going for $150,000. <laughs> so essentially with that one, that again could be like an artful nude. Like maybe you go be. and get yourself painted like that. I don't know what vibe they're into. Maybe they require clothes, but um, $150,000 is a lot. So that's, um, if you've got that yeah. lying around and you're like art, Hit her up. Hit us um, up. Also, if you've got, yeah, yeah, um, I, I would like $150,000. I would not be using it on an <laughs> art trip to London, but, you know. Something if, else. If, 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 yeah. Like maybe a $7,700 or multiple $7,700 Hermes surfboards. Um, Ooh. So I, I, I don't surf. And I, I don't know how much surfboards go for, but... I feel like maybe they're not that much. Maybe they're not so. like designers. Like, no, like this was a fancy one with like tigers printed on it by like a fancy fashion designer. So Weird. I don't know. Would you take that out in the surf or would you just sort of display it in your house? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think you display it in your house. Like the people who win the Nickelodeon, like kid teen choice awards. Is it the teen choice awards that gives out surfboards? Yeah. Oh, they do. Sorry, I was thinking of those little like orange blimps. No, 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 no. The That's Nickelodeon. Yeah, I was like, Teen Choice, which are separate. Yeah, I was thinking like, about was surfboards. Like, I was like, why did you specifically single out Nickelodeon awards? <laughs> like the blimp. Why didn't you just mention like a Grammy or an Oscar? And then I'm like, oh, the surfboard. That makes the surfboard. Sense. No one uses that. Yeah. What? Surf. Yeah. Do you reckon? Like, what do they I do with the so. surfboard? Oh my gosh, I think that's an investigation I'm going to look into. Like, what do people do with the surfboards? Do you reckon anyone's... I'd, I'd read that them? article. Yeah. I'll have to, like, DM Zach Efron and be like, hey, babe, what do you do with your surfboard? Like, I am not sure I how I would go about that, but... Yeah, also marry me. Uh, <laughs> so, in the things as ridiculous as me DMing Zach Efron, um, there is an Aston Martin 
um, nice. on the list. And that doesn't have a price on it, which everyone knows is bad news. I think <laughs> I learned that from Harry Potter when he wanted to get that firebolt or something and it didn't have a price on it. And Harry was like, oh, no, that means it's very pricey. So, yeah, this was very pricey. Um, but, you know, if you like Aston Martins and you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars spare, you know what? Goop reckons it's a good investment. So <laughs> they, they should do. Yeah. Um, if you're after some a present for someone who's more into like travel or animals or food, you can combine them all um, for a <laughs> breakfast with giraffes. Um, that is, I've seen that on Instagram a lot. I think it's some like fancy restaurant or something in like Africa and then the giraffes like come up to the window or something. Um, so yeah. Um, that'd be cool. But again, there was no price on that. So I'm again worried about the cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was also a vanity phone number. Um, so I think that's when you get to like choose your phone number. Yeah. Like a license um, plate. Which, yeah. And I just don't know if regular people need that. Like, <laughs> I, don't and think so. I don't even think businesses need that. Like, you know, when they're always like, Ooh, call us on like one 800 Send nudes. So one eight hundred send nudes, and then you're like, I I don't off the top of my head know that like an S means like this. Mm-hmm. I I don't. Yeah, it just they don't also work anymore. They don't because we don't have the little like numbers to click, and yeah, now it doesn't make any sense. So I just I don't get them. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, out of all of them, the one I would not be buying is the vanity phone yeah. number. The breakfast with giraffes, though. Um, another thing I would very much enjoy is an actual village in Spain because oh my God. why not? I, you know what? Everyone needs a Spanish village. Um, again, so, so, so many questions. Like, What about the people who live there? Like, yeah, right? Do you own the humans then? Or I don't understand. Like, I didn't think you could buy, like, areas like I, I don't know like if there like if there are people who live there and there's things there I didn't think you could like buy that mm-hmm. like could I just like if I was super rich could I just turn up and be like I own Vancouver now like I don't think I can just ask Justin Trudeau for Vancouver so I'm confused how you can like a village implies that there's stuff in it like an yeah. island I kind of understand because it might just be not that I understand buying an island I'm not <laughs> I'm just saying, an island I can understand because it's probably just like a bank of sand in the middle of the ocean. And I'm like, okay, cool. You basically bought land and then you can like put stuff on it. But a village is like like shops and houses and like mm-hmm. goats and humans. And the whole thing is very confusing to me. So again, maybe that's another article of what do you get when you buy a village? Or did you just buy like multiple plots of land? Like that happened to surround like did you buy the road and the village and so you own like the means of transportation so therefore you have monopoly on the village that'd be really cruel i don't know or maybe i don't know it's yeah get on it it's a little investigate yeah it reminds me of like you know those things like the charity things where you would like buy a goat or like a well or something Mm -hmm. like that like, that's why it's creeping me out because I feel like you've brought, like, all those things and I don't like the idea of someone yeah. owning, like, humans and, like, a whole herd of goats and all the wells <laughs> and all the houses. Like, that's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, last but not least, I thought I would talk about the um, 
a strange little thing. I can't quite remember how much. I don't think it was that expensive. Nah, maybe it didn't even have a prize in it, but it was, it did have a prize. I will look up how much it, it, it was, but it was um, a lamp in the shape of a half peeled banana. Um, <laughs> and it was the kind of thing, like it's very, very kitschy and you could probably find something like that in a thrift store. If not that, something of the same vibe. Mm-hmm. And then it just got me thinking about like gentrification and how if like, rich people have something then it's okay but like if i was to have like a plastic looking lamp banana lamp in my house everyone would be like "Eh, what's that but like yeah if gwyneth palmer has it then it's like it's kind of like you know how beer signs have become sort of fashionable like a lot of the i guess they're not really beer signs but like the glowing like led signs like people like a lot of the time in stores like they'll have like a trendy like saying or something on it and i'm like that looks a lot like the budweiser sign like that i saw (laughs) in like the the like bottle shop next door to me so yeah yeah um the gentrification of decor is another another thing we need to talk about oh we've got political with this culture um thing but yeah i don't know i just think you don't need to be buying this specific banana lamp just go to your Uh local thrift store and find another semi-ugly lamp and then pretend it's not ugly and then hope everyone goes along with it so that's my thoughts there are my feels on the goop gift guides obviously if you want to buy any of these go ahead do it don't listen we support you But But also, if you are buying these things, please hit me up because I want to know who you are. Like, as I was reading through this, I was like, who the F is buying this? And then I thought, you know what? For that $17,000 trip to Australia to exist, someone is buying the $17,000 trip to Australia. And somebody's buying the the surfboard and the breakfast at Giraffes. Like, people are buying every single one of these things. Like, I just want to know what their lives are like because I had to schedule in, like, a sad nap today. So... I don't know if these people have to do that. I don't. I don't know. Or, yeah, I know. Um, they say money doesn't buy you happiness, but I'm of the opinion it does. So I mean, a breakfast with giraffes would make me happy. That sounds like happiness to me. So yeah. you know what? Even if money can't buy you happiness, I'd rather cry in the unpriced Aston Martin <laughs> than <laughs> bed in my bed that currently doesn't have bed sheets because I'm washing them. So nice. yeah. Alrighty, well that is us for this month. What are you going to be up to before we catch up again, Micah? What's in store for the coming days and weeks? Um, I will be finishing school. I will be sending out applications. I will be preparing for Christmas. And I will be preparing for our very special Christmas episodes that are coming for you. Oh, yes, we do have some some plans for Christmas. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Stay tuned for those. We're not going to give too much away, but we've got we've got some ideas. We've also got some big things in store for the new year. Yeah. So very excited about that. Um, I'm personally very excited. I'm going to Manchester. Um, I probably will be back by the time we actually get our, our pod <laughs> out when we do our edits. Um, yeah, but just, it's very difficult for us with our time difference because Michael will be super speedy and like, do an edit and then she'll have to send it to me to listen and then that takes like two days because of the time differences and things 
Mm -hmm. we'll get there. But I'm going to Manchester. I'm very excited about that. And then I am also going to Denmark and Sweden. So I've got lots of yeah, yeah, I've got lots of little trips coming up, so I'll definitely report back on those. And I'm going to see Blossoms next week, so that will nice. definitely be featured in next month's listening. If you're going to tune into that, or if you're going to listen to that, <laughs> ha ha ha. Um, well, I guess. Oh, you need to follow us. You need to follow us on our social yes. medias because we may post things about applications and Christmas and um, Manchester and Sweden and all sorts mm-hmm. of fun things. So we are at DTCBS podcast on Instagram and that's probably the best place to find us. Yeah. What's your Insta, Micah? I'm at Miss Clearwater. Um, currently not on Instagram for the next two weeks. We'll oh, be back. You're taking a, I'm taking a, a break. A, a break. A detox. A detox. A goop, a goop approved detox. Yeah. Yeah. Just while you're getting the rest of school stuff done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, I would encourage idea. you all to join me on your My Detox, but no, you need to follow us on Instagram and see all the awesome content we're posting. You do. And you need to follow me because I'm not taking a detox because I'm too busy watching the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, live streams of her making yeah. butter cookies and talking about politics. Um, I am at Yasmin Lomax. I am that on Twitter as well. Um, that's, I think that's all I've kind of got going. Oh, I've got LinkedIn. If you want to follow me on LinkedIn, give that a go. <laughs> um, no, for real. Um, okay, we're rambling now, so we're going we're gonna to cut this off, and we are going to talk to you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.